Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name's Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the drive, Hubler.com hotline. Tommy Piggott is the RNC Rapid Response Director. He joins us every Friday. Tommy, I want to get your thoughts on some hearings that took place in D.C. this past week. We had some powerful moments about the Afghan withdrawal, some interesting moments in regards to big tech censorship. But let's start with Joe Biden and his budget plan. We talked about this a little bit earlier. I'm looking at the plan here, Tommy. I see the word equity about 63 times, <laughs> climate 148, but I see gas prices, three, police, four, parents, three. It seems like this is the super woke, super progressive budget rolled out by Joe Biden. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, Biden himself says, show me your budget and I'll tell you what you value. That's one of his favorite things to say. And it's clear as day based off of what he values. He values the darling issues of the far left and special interest groups. Meanwhile, he's leaving the American people behind. The fact that he mentions equity more than inflation is ridiculous to me. The fact that he mentions environmental justice more than fentanyl is ridiculous to me. And I think it's also ridiculous to most of the American people. And when you look at the nuts and bolts of his budget, the closer you look, the worse it gets, because it also includes no plan to keep middle-class taxes from going up. If you, if you remember those 2000, 2017 Republican tax cuts, those are set to expire in 2025. Biden's budget has no plan to let those uh, tax cuts stay in place. In fact, his budget prices in getting rid of them, which means that not only is it this woke budget that's funding all these programs and ignoring so many things Americans care about, it's actually set to let middle-class taxes go up right now. So it's a double whammy. It's a woke budget that's going to make the middle-class pay more. And when you listen to Joe Biden talk about this, because he's been speaking lately, and it's been content gold for our show, by the way, but when <laughs> Joe Biden was speaking about this, he can't figure out why people would be upset about adding all these extra IRS agents. Like, it blows his mind. He can't figure out why people don't want more IRS agents. Is he really this out of touch? He, he must yeah. be. I mean, when you say that it's... it's uh, it's a content goal whenever Biden opens his mouth. <laughs> it reminds me how, how ridiculous his administration is. They actually think he's their best messenger. Uh, it's, it's, it's astonishing <laughs> to me. It just shows how bad they are at messaging. Uh, but really going to this IRS issue, uh, I mean, we all remember under Obama when the IRS was weaponized against conservatives. This is not hypothetical. It's not hypothetical that the IRS can become politicized. It's not hypothetical that conservatives can fall victim to undue scrutiny by the IRS. It's happened before. Uh, and then now that Biden's back in power, he wants to make that agency bigger when there was no accountability the first time it happened. And, and I always find it ironic. He's talking about the rich. He says, I want these IRS agents to go after the rich. Then why in the world is he interested in the 600 bucks in your Venmo account? Why is he interested in Venmo accounts with $600 of transactions in a whole year? That's not the uber wealthy. Those are tipped workers. Those are people like movers that rely on Venmo. To, to get a lot of the, the transactions done. This, this is not uh, a president that's interested in actually going after the rich. He's interested in going after the middle class, and that's exactly who's going to pay this tax bill. 
But he's also disingenuous and dishonest. I mean, look at the lies coming from Biden and even his staff, his you know, White House press secretary saying, you know, there's low fentanyl uh, at the border. And, and, and then Joe Biden says, saying MAGA wants to defund the police. <laughs> I can't even say that without laughing. MAGA wants to defund the police is actually a quote from Joe Biden. And it's just like they're seeing, like they're gaslighting or saying random false things. Uh, you know, Joe, next thing you know, Joe Biden's going to say the Eagles won the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, I, he's I mean, just so disingenuous. Point, yeah. Yeah. So that would be almost more true than Republicans wanting to defund the police, to be perfectly frank. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's an alternate universe. I've never, I, I don't even know what he's talking about. I, I think the only reason why he can say these lies with a straight face is because he's had 50 years of experience, to be perfectly frank. And this is a guy who has been lying for 50 years to the faces of the American people. I, the fact that they're going out there and saying Republicans wanted to fund the police, Republicans want to cut Social Security, Republicans don't want to secure the border. I, you, you flip all of those around. That's exactly what they're doing. Democrats wanted to fund the police. Democrats aren't interested in securing the border. Democrats are the ones that actually have no plan to make sure that Social Security doesn't go insolvent. Insolvent. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Biden has just been gaslighting his way uh, through this presidency. And unfortunately, the only people that are benefiting from it are these bureaucrats and well-connected far-left special interest groups. Meanwhile, everyone else is going to the grocery store, going to the gas tank and saying, I can't afford any more of this. And Nigel and I talked about this a couple days ago, Tommy. It's one thing if you have a topic and both sides have a take. Like take, for instance, January 6th. While I don't think it was an insurrection, somebody on the Democrat side could argue that it was, and at least maybe you guys could figure out, okay, maybe we've got something that we can discuss here. They're throwing out their facts that there's no way anybody could spin. When Corrine Jean-Pierre says it's low, record low fentanyl at the border right now, what do you do with that? There's no debate there. There's no way you could spin that as, well, here's what she really meant. This is my perspective on it. That's a flat-out lie, and they keep doing this over and over again. And they're lying in ways that have profound effects. The reason why they're lying about fentanyl is because they don't want to secure the border. They don't want to take the steps necessary to crack down on international crime syndicates that are operating in this country through gang affiliates that are spreading this fentanyl. They don't want to crack down on China when it comes to the fentanyl, the, the ingredients for the synthetic opioid that are being sent to the cartels in Mexico. They don't want to crack down on China for COVID's origins. That's why they're lying about things like fentanyl, because it actually affects their policies. And really, who's hurting from these lies? It's not just this typical, sometimes I think Americans tune it out, this back and forth about who's lying about what. This type of lie the Biden administration is telling, especially about fentanyl, has such profound effects on the American people. It's the number one killer of people aged 18 to 45. And if you have a president and an administration that can't even recognize the fact that we have a fentanyl crisis that is fueled by this border crisis, they're doing nothing to solve it. And it's having profound and real human impacts that, that, that just show that this president is unworthy of the office that he's currently holding. Tommy Pickett is the RNC Rapid Response Director, joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. So there were some interesting hearings on Capitol Hill this past week. Let's start with the Afghan withdrawal. The story told 
by the folks that were there. The testimony that we played back on this radio program was so heartbreaking and gut-wrenching. It makes me angry that we're still talking about this, Tommy. Uh, what did you think about the hearing about the withdrawal from Afghanistan? Well, I agree with you about how heartbreaking it was, and I agree with you about how, how angry it made me. And I think it really made every American that saw that. I think just to remind your listeners about what Biden said the Afghanistan withdrawal would be like before it took place. He said it would be safe and orderly. And it wasn't. We all remember those images of the U.S. embassy being evacuated, uh, reminiscent of Vietnam. We remember the images of chaos. And, of course, we remember those 13 service members that were killed because of this chaotic withdrawal. Uh, and, and Joe Biden, afterwards, after the withdrawal, refused to take any responsibility. They have the exact same national security team that made the decision to withdraw in the way that they withdrew. withdrew. The exact same one. He's the same president that looked at his watch when the service members' uh, bodies were being returned to the United States. He's the same president who called the withdrawal an extraordinary success. That's a direct quote from what Biden called the Afghanistan withdrawal. But I, I, in a way, am am, uh, uh, thankful that the House GOP is here to say no more of this lack of accountability, no more of giving Joe Biden a free pass on his terrible decisions, and no more— of, of th- this effort to sweep the disastrous effects of this withdrawal under the rug. The House Republican majority is here. The House Republican majority will hold Joe Biden accountable. And the House Republican majority will get answers on how this happened, who made these decisions, and what we can do about it. Okay, I agree with you uh, 99% of the way there, Tommy, that the House majority and these committees are, are, you know, in theory, holding people accountable. But, like, in reality, nobody's going to go to jail Nobody's going to, nobody's been fired from this. Like, you know, these committees in the House, they can't prosecute somebody. They can only hand it over to the DOJ, Biden's DOJ, and let them deal with it. And so, whether it be the withdrawal from Afghanistan or the cover up with COVID and the origins of COVID, yes, they are putting it out there in public. But other than that, what is going to happen? I don't think anything is, is going to happen in terms of, of, of real punishment here. Well, I do agree when it comes to the levers of government, when you only have one chamber of yes. one branch of government, it, it's really hard to to actually move the ball forward besides putting a stop to the worst parts of Biden's agenda. I don't want to downplay how important it is to stop the worst parts, but I do think the accountability here actually can't have profound effects. We already okay. saw it when it came to D.C.'s crime law, because what happened there is yeah. Republicans took a step. They pressured the president. The president had, was forced to change his mind. The Senate was forced to then to vote and approve it, and that law was overturned. So that's a specific example, I think, of where it looks like an uphill uh, battle, where Biden doesn't want to actually take a position on the D.C. crime law. Republicans were, were able to force the issue, bring attention to it, and actually have real impacts. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a fight to do these on all these different issues. But being able to start that conversation is incredibly important. Uh, and, and I'm thankful we actually have a House yes. Republican majority that can do it. Tommy, we got about 60 seconds left here. The Twitter files hearing. We saw Matt Taibbi. We saw Schellenberger there. And the Democrats trying their damnedest to get these guys to out their sources. You mean those so-called journalists? Those so-called journalists, yeah. as they were called. What did you think about the Twitter files hearing? Well, how ironic that the Democrats on the Weaponization Committee tried to weaponize their position yeah. to get journalists to reveal their sources. That's kind of what I thought about that. And it really shows how uh, how necessary the hearing was. Democrats kind of proved our point for us, I think, on that one. Tommy Pickett, RNC Rapid Response Director. Tommy, we appreciate it. Thank you.
Hey, thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.